I have been very vocal about Stanford University where my daughter is. Mm -hmm. They're trying to turn her into a humanities kid and I'm like, no. No, no, no. You got to fight the wokeness. You got to fight the wokeness. <laughs> They're like, you know, the child should decide what makes them happy. I'm like, no, that is exactly no. <laughs> no one needs to be happy. Let's start there. Let us all decide how she will get paid to recover this $85,000 tuition that I'm writing a check for right now. I am not worried about her happiness. I am worried about my 401k. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode with Aarti and Sriram. And today, we genuinely have a treat. Uh, this is someone uh, we have been fans of for a while now. We have laughed, we have cried, we follow her on social media, we watched her on Amazon. <laughs> Um, she's blowing up all over the internet. We have the one and only Zarna Garg. Zarna, uh, in case you've been living under a rock, has just blown up over, I would say, the last year or so. Uh, you see that her Instagram and TikTok, she has millions of people following her. Uh, but uh, if you want to watch her, there are a couple of places. One, she has an amazing, amazing Amazon special called One in a Billion. We have laughed so much. It's amazing. <laughs> Can't endorse it highly enough. She also has a fantastic new podcast out, uh, which I want to get into because it's hilarious. Her family is awesome. Um, and she's also doing a tour. Zarna, we're such a fan. Thank you so, so much for joining us welcome, on the show. Welcome. Welcome. Woohoo. Thank you. Oh my God. This is such high praise. I feel like we should just end the podcast episode right now. This was very fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Now, I'm so excited to be here and you guys are doing such an amazing job. And it's just so amazing to bring this Indian touch to the podcasting world. But you are with each other, husband and wife. I'm in it with my whole family and yes. so many of us. Yes, yeah. It kind of feels like an accurate representation of how we live in this world. Oh my God. The old village with us, where we go. So for me, you my introduction to you, you showed up in my feed. I think somebody, one of my friends sent it over. Being like, oh my God, this is so true. And then I started, I was like, who is this person? And I stalked you on IG. And I started scrolling, scrolling, just looking at every reel. And I'm like, this is hilarious. She's like, she's like my mom speaking to me. This is fantastic. And I was like, who is this person? Like, what's going on? And And I loved how... You'd have these very serious conversations, but cutting pineapples. And, <laughs> and I was like, I got to follow her. And I did. And then, um, you know, I think we were like posting a different episode and we were like, we should do something. You should like come on our show. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're going to resonate with a lot of our audience. We are immigrants. We moved to the U.S. Uh, 16, 17 yep, years ago. Yep. And so for us, you know, you're the perfect person to be on our show. This oh, is like oh my gosh, yes. this quintessential show where... You know, our our audience can like really resonate and relate to you. So very excited to do this and have you here today. It seems like, you know, you are sort of the person of the moment. You have an Amazon special. You're going on tour. You have some other stuff, come projects coming up. You have a podcast, which by the way, the first episode is Zarna and her family talking about sex, which is the a perfect combination of awkwardness, cringe, and humor. Like, I was like, your kids are awesome. But maybe, you know, let's get the backstory. How did this happen? As you know, you're Indian, both of you. Like, no one in our culture is thinking about comedy or having fun. We are not people who believe in fun. We are like, where are the stressed out people? We will go and hang out with them. You know, we are more comfortable doing that than sitting and drinking at a bar and like laughing out loud. It's not what we do. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I had a very bumpy journey to America. I've been in America since I was 16 years old. 
so I was the youngest of four kids in India, in Mumbai. Very, very affluent family. My mom passed suddenly due to like a, a very unexpected death. And the day after her death, my dad was a very classic Gujarati dad for a business family, what they call in India. My siblings were all married. So he's like, you know what? You need to get married. I'm done parenting. And now, honestly, I don't hold it against him. There's no bitterness in my heart for him because as a parent, I know if I had a fourth kid right now, I would probably throw them out of the window during COVID years. <laughs> it is so hard to be a parent. I get it. And I knew even back then that his intent... See, in India, people get married young yeah. and that's okay. It's yeah. not all done with bad intentions. Yeah. Often the parent is thinking in their wisdom that they're finding the best match for you. Yeah. And that's where my dad was. But I grew up on a very robust diet of American pop culture. <laughs> I watched all the movies. I watched all the TV shows. I read the comic books. I was like, but they are not all getting married. <laughs> no one in Archie's comics is ever getting married. No one in this TV show. So why am I even, you know, and I was always a kid who wanted to study. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a kid who was like holding the book till the last minute because I wanted to. Yeah. I used to get yelled at. You guys will appreciate this little nuance. You know, the newspaper comes in India early morning. I think where it goes early morning, right? I was a kid who woke up before everybody else so I could read the newspaper. But then my dad would yell at me every day. Because by the time he got to it, it was crumpled. Oh, God. It was all messed up. (laughs) And he was like, so angry he said why do you need to read it so i used to read it then stick it under my sofa cushions and bounce on it as a child <laughs> to put it back in position and leave it as if no one had touched it <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so that curiosity and then my dad is like get married i go i don't think so you mm. know i and he yeah. was very much like if you don't want to get married you can't live here anymore right he was very he thought he will call my bluff <laughs> and i thought he will change you know we were both like, come on, this can't be real. You know, there's an element of that when your parents are something crazy. You're like, this can't be real. So I thought he'll come around. He thought I'll come around. It never happened. And the only person willing to take me in was my sister who lived in Akron, Ohio in America. Home of LeBron James. Yes. So we are both just kids from Akron. That's a great headline for this. You know, two people from Akron, LeBron. Exactly. That's awesome. So that's how... I ended up in America. I ended up my sister's. I went to college and my sister supported me through it. My college, my law school. I was always good with words. And you know that another thing in our culture, if you're good with words, you become a lawyer. If you're good with science, you become a doctor. If you're good with math, you become an accountant. Now, if you know how to do one thing on the computer, you go become a computer person. <laughs> right? Yeah, oh yes. Two of us right there. <laughs> like, And I get it. I was that. I was like, okay, I like to read. I like to write. I kind of am good at it. So mm-hmm. let me just go do this. That's how it started. But uh, the thought of comedy never even occurred to me until the last few years. I had never stepped foot in a comedy club. Even as a viewer. Your daughter kind of encouraged you to make this happen. So tell us how that happened. Yeah. So I had, I was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years. Mm -hmm. 16, you know, also as an immigrant to immigrant, you know, all the visa hassles. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I was a dependent on my husband's visa for a long time. I was this close to getting my own green card and then like a fool, I fell in love. <laughs> like a dumb fool, I went ahead and I fell in love, and everything went out the window. My husband was 
in Europe. He had just graduated IIT in India, had moved to Europe for his job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, you know, so there goes that journey. So, okay, I was like, fine, we'll live in India, we'll live in Europe, whatever. So I left everything, I went back. And then we came back and like suddenly now I'm a dependent. I, I want to ask you something because I, I never get asked these questions, yeah. but the, yeah, yeah. you had a love marriage. Yes, online. I met him and trapped him online. That is, you know, that is fairly controversial and progress. I mean, we yeah. had one and it was the first yeah. one in our families and yeah. very controversial, very progressive for your time. Well, also very desperate, to be honest, in my case. You know, I, I was in Cleveland, Ohio, finishing law school. I was so lonely. Where was I going to meet an Indian guy? And because you guys are techies, you will understand. So in 1997, AOL was new in America. Okay, America Online was new. Okay. And I'm very basic. Actually, I'm like, whatever is considered intelligent in, in this world, I'm just one level below it. Like very basic. I just touch it by hair. So AOL was new. And I don't know if you you know what the original tagline for AOL was. They used to have hoardings all over the country that said, open up your world, 1995. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting in Cleveland, Ohio, thinking, how am I going to meet an Indian guy? And I see the ad. I go, you know what? I need to open up my world. <laughs> <laughs> This world is not open enough. <laughs> okay, so I bought an AOL account yeah. and then I opened the account and I was like, okay, world, I'm here. Where is everybody? <laughs> so, 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 so you met your husband on AOL? No. So I got the AOL account, which was my first intro to the internet at home. Yeah. Until then, the only internet we had was in a college campus. You yeah. know, in the beginning, yeah. yeah, it was like a library computer that you, sh like you could yeah. just scroll yep. endlessly like yep. no one did that yeah. you just had enough to send an email and it was like an html site where like <laughs> yeah but my dad would yell at me for running up the phone bell right yes. because and then he would because pick you up had the, the phone and, and if he picked up the phone my download would get cut it's off done. yeah it's I, done. I, oh, yes. oh my god we lived in fear please <laughs> don't take another phone because you were trying to like upload one website yeah oh, you'd yes. also browse later at night because if speeds are slightly better than oh, yeah. compared to rest of the day and so of it's like course. midnight is when you kind of get to like be on your computer your dad will leave you alone oh my gosh yes and phone <laughs> bills are a problem but okay so you know zarna was now online and connected to the world Word. And then I started looking like, I'm like, you know, how can I meet somebody? And I found the most primitive Indian matrimonials matchmaking site. Almost like that newspaper India Abroad, but on the internet. <laughs> okay. So I was like, oh, maybe I will find somebody here. So I, because I came from such a hardcore arranged marriage world, I went in with those eyes. I had never dated anybody. Like right. I lived in my sister's house. I went to school. And I, I like went to school so fast because I was so scared that I'll get like, some, if she changes her mind, it's over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I went to school. So when this world, I saw this thing, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should put an ad out there and see what's it. Wow. And at the time, what I didn't know is that I was the only woman speaking for myself in 1997. Right. See, back then, everything was like, oh, what if it's a serial killer? Everybody was afraid of the internet. So every ad for women was my daughter, my niece, my sister. The men were speaking for themselves. And then there was me. Yeah. It was like, I'm here. 
And my aunt was so batshit crazy because I came from an arranged world. Yes. I knew how my dad spoke to other people. So I was like, I should just do this. I should be like, bring your tax returns. Let yeah. me see your health report. Oh, yeah. Me, you know, these are the things. Oh, yeah. Listen, in, a, in an arranged world, this is what you look for. You know, I, I remember when I was a kid, you know, we had family members having an arranged marriage, uh, which, by the way, so, okay, for folks who are not Indian, the default way, you know, people get used to get married, but you still get married. Is an arranged marriage by your parents. You know, usually put an ad in the paper. Um, it will have something like you need your age. If it's uh, you need where you work, it's very sort of like chauvinistic. If it's a guy and it's a girl, it's very different. And then you get a bulk email mail to your to your house. That's how it used to happen in my day. And then they would have a photo and like a resume, basically. And then you went through the yes. process. But okay, you mean just, when you say your day when you were a kid? When I was a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay, this is a good question. Okay, so how would you describe to Americans watching this? Arranged marriages versus love marriages and, you know, the pros and cons. There's a lot of pros and almost too many cons with falling in love. I have now decided we all need to go back to being arranged. <laughs> I think in the arrangement, because the family is so heavily involved, it's about families matching each other. It's not just about the two people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the two people have to kind of match, but in the bigger picture has to come together. Right. Whereas in a love marriage, it feels like, oh, if we two love each other, but the families don't get along, it's fine. Mm. So the, that to me is a big difference. Now, here in America, we've all heard the word arranged marriage. But those of us who come from India, we know what the horse trading is. Mm-hmm. We all know that the parents make those matches, but what are the factors? I've seen it. All my siblings were arranged. Three of them. I saw my whole life. I remember my sister, it was like, okay, she wears glasses. Okay, but he's bald. So this is a match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yes. oh you, You're an only son. Okay, that's a big prize thing. Everybody wants the only son. So this girl better be fair and lovely peaches and cream and like be five foot six or something because... Then otherwise, we're not giving you our only son. Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, by, by the way, so the Indians are like, I understand exactly what those words mean, right? Like, uh, same thing. I'd, my sister got married. Like, my dad did a ref check, you know, of the family. Oh, or All the other family members. It was a whole, whole, whole crazy process. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry. sorry. Oh, no, but can I tell you, my husband was working at the time at a big bank in Europe, in, in Switzerland. He had just started working after his uh, being finishing IIT. I didn't know that reference checking is not a thing in the West. Okay. So I also called his boss. Yep. (laughs) What did you ask him? Could could it be a good answer? It was a woman and she's like, who are you? I said, oh, this guy is going to come and meet me and I'm going to go on a date with him. But like, is he good? Does he actually show up? Like, does he have a work ethic? She's like, what are you doing? Like, she... (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know that to me it's the most normal natural thing why am I gonna go out with him if he doesn't oh have to love it yeah, yeah so uh, great were you like how many days PTU yeah, oh my gosh, yes. I, I don't think modern I don't think modern HR departments are used to is our employee ba- you know dateable dateable yeah like it's not part of the thing okay you got married you're a stay at home mom you have three wonderful children Um, and then how did stand up comedy enter your life so 16 years of being a stay-at-home mom, I was like dying. I realized I'm just not into it. <laughs> I am not into being a parent. Listen, and I know it's very controversial. I get trolled for saying this all over the world. 
you can say that you love your children and not love the job of being a parent. I don't think that I'm committing a big crime by saying, and especially those of us in America with no help, no family. Yeah. It, yeah. I could not have imagined the tornado it was going to bring into my life. Like yeah. we come from India where everybody has kids. So you kind of see kids and you're like, this doesn't look so bad. Yeah. And then you do it here and you're like, oh my God, your ass is handed to you. Oh, totally. I mean, I, I've seen this as like comparisons, right? Like most of my family is in India. And uh, every once in a while, when my parents come visit, they kind of see how it is. And we have two small kids, four and one. And uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of just, even if you have a nanny, even if you have support, it's like, it's nothing like what you can get in India and what your, your like family comes by, relatives help out. Like there's so much of the support system that you don't have here. You're like kind of like raising children in the silo and hoping and praying for the best. And it's hard. It's really rough on the parents. And the expectation is also super high here, I think, on uh, what is the perfect way to parent. There are like all these yes. rules. And in India, I remember growing up and I'm, I was like, my parents worked the whole time. The expectation was that we would sometimes be fed and generally be happy. But that was kind of it. Like there was yeah. no, oh, did you get good marks, like good scores? And beyond that, it was like, sure. I, like there was no one consideration on are the children happy today? Yeah. It's like uh, ha happiness wasn't getting uh, getting good marks was getting, getting good getting, scores. Getting yeah, good for marks, sure. For yeah. sure. Oh, for yes, sure. But that... beyond that, there was not real focus on how the kids felt and what it went and what classes they were going to outside of like the academic like tuitions and all the of that. Insanity that is parenting in America. I can't <laughs> even like you don't your your kids are little. Wait till they're old enough to be in a sport, and like you have to sacrifice everything. Just chase them here. And like, listen, I don't need to tell you, if I told you, take a guess, what are the odds that my son is going to be an NFL player? Odds are not good. Okay. Not good. Yeah, I, I, I think the Indian, gen the Indian genetics uh, reward spelling bee. So it doesn't reward uh, either uh, uh, lots of other athletic sports, uh, mostly. Though it, that, it, I think it's changing, hey, but yes. Spelling bee and chess, I can take Spelling bee and chess, yes. Yeah. We, yeah. Listen, I support that. So <laughs> I was losing my mind 16 years. I was like, this is good. And I'm a serial entrepreneur, just so you know. I, I'm like obsessed with entrepreneurship. I have been my whole life. What business is growing? Who's making what money? How are they doing it? How did they scale it? So I have tried several businesses. I had a disposable toothbrush business that died in a minute. I had a matchmaking business. Don't get me started on the matchmaking. I thought, you know what? I will be a matchmaker for the for everybody here. Oh my God. Can I just tell you one story? That my second day as an official matchmaker, these two women came to me because one wanted to be matched and one, the friend came with her for moral support. And now, you know, you're taking down all the information, like what do you do and height and whatever. Mm. And the friend kept saying to her friend who was a candidate, I don't understand why you're not matched up yet. You're such a catch. I don't get it. And I just looked at her and I was like, you know what? You're not a catch. <laughs> like, if you were a catch, you would have been caught. Oh my God. And that day I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm probably not a good match with This is not a good trajectory for my business. Because I, I practice law. I was so bad at law. Half my clients are in jail right now. So I was like, okay, this is not going to work. It was really trial and error. And then my daughter said to me, she goes, mom, you should just do comedy. I'm like, what? 
that's not a job. Like I wanted a job with income. I'm like, that's not a job. And she's like, no, mom, comedians get paid. Like you can get paid to tell jokes. I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I ever. And you know, when you're a parent, anything your kid says sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But for 16 years, I had been forcing them to do things they didn't want to do. Eat this, go to this. So they then, all three of them ganged up on me. They're like, oh, you're too scared to try something new. I like and it. That I was like, okay, okay, I will go just to shut you up. So you know, it's not a real thing. And the first time I went to a comedy club and I stepped foot on a stage, my whole life just changed. So how explain that, you know, I, in some ways, I don't know whether you've seen the show Marvelous Mrs. Miss Maisel, Maisel, like, you know, I think of you kind of like a real life, you know, Indian version uh, of uh, what is shown there. How, what was the first day open mic club set that you did? How was that like? How did it go? So I went literally just so I could come back and report to my kids that I had done it. Nice. That stop talk. So there was no preparation. I didn't know what I was going to do. But somebody told me that this is an open mic and a lot of comics hang out there. Yeah. So I said, okay, I will go. And it was luckily the day I went, the right. open mic was run by a woman who was also a mother of three kids. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I can understand this world a little bit. Maybe I went up to, I said, my kids have sent me here, uh, but I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And she said, you know, it's an open mic. Everybody is trying jokes. Why don't you take five minutes and talk about whatever you think is funny? And I was like, anything? And she's like, yeah, anything. Whatever you find is funny. I said, okay, then I will just trash my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, who, who doesn't think that's funny? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then how did that go? Like, what was it like on stage? How was the audience reaction? How did the whole thing go? Oh, my God. People were losing their minds. <laughs> and I was like... I literally stood there. I was like, white people do this? <laughs> like, this is a job? Are you kidding me? I've been doing this my whole life. <laughs> and even really, I mean, I was supposed to stop at five. I just kept going because the audience was like, say more, say more. When I got off, they were like, tell us more stories. Talk about this, talk about that. And I came out thinking, is it possible that the world is interested in an Indian mom and her story? Like, no. <laughs> Even still, I came home. I was like, this can't be it. What? <laughs> People should watch the show. You call your... There are so many things about your mother-in-law. You say things which I don't know. I don't think I can repeat here. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I highly recommend watching it. Uh, I, I want to ask, though, how does your family... How did they feel about like you telling these stories about them? Are they like, hey, mom, like it's a little... I don't there's, want that part of my story exposed. Especially or, they're like... Pre-teen, teen, right now, for your kids. Um, and well, so how does it feel? Thing. You're both Indian. You will appreciate this. No one is allowed to have any feelings in my house. <laughs> Everybody's feelings are whatever I feel they should feel. Okay? I tell them, I'm like, we are not in America once you cross into this house border. This is now, we are back in Zarna land. <laughs> and and I because I was home for as many years as I was helping my husband build his business helping my kids they owe me so much I don't want to hear about their feelings <laughs> I'm going to maximize it I'm putting everybody to work one thing I like is like your show is appealing to put I guess white people in America but also Indians what has surprised you like do you have like other stay at home moms you know but the Indian phrase we'd probably use is like a housewife um, uh, do they? Do you get responses from them? Is it American? Like, what has surprised you in the response you get? 
thousands, thousands and tens of thousands, no joke, from moms all over the world. I think what surprised me was the beginning of my TikTok journey. When, yeah. when the pandemic happened, I was a very new comic and my son transitioned me to digital. He put me on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Again, I thought it was the dumbest idea ever. I was like, TikTok back then, we all thought it was 14-year-old girls twerking. Mm. We didn't know what it was. And he took my jokes, he put it on. And the one of my first joke, I've never said I love you to my husband, mm -hmm. had millions of views. Now, I really thought in my life, I was the only person on earth who actually loved my husband, but never said it over and over. Yeah. Like if you live in America, it's a, I love you, I love you, I love everywhere you go, I love you. But we as Indian people don't necessarily live like that. We don't have to stay it over. So when I when it went viral and I had millions of views overnight, again, because my, it was my son's idea, I thought definitely something is wrong with this. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I really thought TikTok must be one of those countries. You know those countries where everything starts at a million like a loaf of bread is a million oh. whatever units of currency. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you're heavily inflated numbers over there. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Because I didn't know at all. I was like, this must be my son tricking me and making shit up. You're, you're like that quintessential mom who's like, wait, you got 96? Huh? What's like the first no. thing? What's the first score? Like, where do you relatively stack yeah. rank against that? Of course, but come on. Of course, you know that that's important. It's not just me. It's like everybody must have gotten yeah. 96. Like, yeah. Okay, okay, so I want to ask you something. It's interesting. So, so you obviously have this amazing Amazon special. You have a podcast. You're highly, we're going to link to it. Highly, highly recommend. This. The first episode, I'll just say, is Zana. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's her her husband and the three kids talking about sex, you know, right, uh, right. two teenage kids and one uh, elementary school. It is as funny and awkward as you could imagine. I was like equal parts filled with like embarrassment for your kids and <laughs> just laughing my ass off. So hugely recommend that. But maybe I didn't want to ask you. So if you had, you know, half the people watching this are going to be American, half the people are going to be watching this be Indian. What do you think people in families or parents can learn from each other's culture? If you had to just broadcast advice right now, what would you broadcast? I would say uh, learn from the Indians. We got a lot of it right. Okay, This is not a time to be shy. We all know that the Indian CEO is where the action is. That is the biggest prize asset right now in any company. It's like the Indian CEO is the new Asian baby adoption. You know, the company... Like, the company has like gone through all kinds of yep. trouble. They're like, find me Sanjay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> find me Vijay. Bring him, you know, <laughs> bring his whole family over. <laughs> that I make a lot of jokes. Was that too much uh, for you guys? No, it was, I, you know, I, I have a personal connection to this because, uh, uh, well, there was a time when I was rumored to be CEO of a large tech company. But you, you Zarna, tell me this story. You've met Elon Musk, right? You... Okay, I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Okay, all right. Now, I will say, like, okay, so there was a time last year when there was unfounded rumor that I was going to be CEO of Twitter. It was never true. Um, but, you know, that week, uh, I had to go to, we had to go to India because we had to be visiting there. I swear, like, one, we landed at the airport, and when we landed, the plane doors opened, and there was a very serious looking guy in a safari suit, like a government official, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. showed oh, up I at the door. Yeah. And I was like, this is not good. Like, nothing. And he's like, are you Mr. Christian? And I was like, oh, shit. Like, he's like, he's like, you, you, 
Yeah, yeah, come out, come out. And I was like, this is not good, right? Like 3 a.m. Chennai airport, not good. And he pulls me and my, you know, Aarti and our kids aside. I was like, this is not great. Like, what's going on? And and he pulls out his phone and he has a photo of me. This is you. I'm like, yes. And he's like, come with me, right? And then and then he's like, then later he's like, Twitter, Twitter. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he was like, he just kind of took me past security. We had the smoothest past immigration forever. And the entire week, like every newspaper in India was like filled with speculation. Yes, one more Indian has, you know, yes. won the game of life. And, you know, my family was for once proud of me. It was the whole thing, right? And then they realized it was not true. And then they were all disappointed in me again. But for a while, you know, her, her parents were watching this, sent it to all the family WhatsApps, you yes, know. It was you know, a thing. It was, it was a thing. thing. They were like, my my son-in-law. And I was like, mom, it's not true. They're like, oh, okay. But we're still going to send the article. You know, you know what? You know what they said? I remember this. They were like, I told them it is not true. They were like, but the Hindu is reporting it. I'm like, no, I am the source. <laughs> like, I am the source. It is not true. <laughs> so, but this is this is the equivalent of you know when you feel the rain on your head. Sometimes you go out and you're like, it wasn't supposed to rain. You feel the rain, and then you check your phone. Is it supposed to rain? Well, it's raining on your head. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but we have become so accustomed to. So coming back to uh, Elon Musk, yeah, yeah. that photo is actually photoshopped. I never <laughs> met the guy. It was an April Fool post. It was posted on April one, but people lost their my. I lost like five thousand followers over. People are just angry with him for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. I just, I just made some random story up in the caption like, "Oh, Elon, we should start this company." But because he's known to be so erratic and crazy that anybody believes anything about him now. Okay, okay. We, we should we should like <laughs> off. We should make an actual meeting between EU and Elon happen just to so we know like you know uh, actually you know back it up. Okay, I, I want to ask you. In the, you you know one of many many accomplishments you've been you opened <laughs> for Tina Fey and Amy, Amy Poehler, who I think you know there's a Mount Rushmore of comedians. You know they are definitely up yeah. there. They're amazing. What was it experience like? And also, you're now a professional comedian, right? So you're looking at people at the top of the game. Did you like, oh, I can learn something. Why? This is something. How was the whole experience like? And what did you learn from it? It was outstanding. I mean, I learned, you know what I learned from the, I work with a lot of top comics. I'm not just, I, it, this like this weekend, I'm in Halifax with Jerry Sanders. I saw that. I saw amazing. that. The trailer was amazing. It just made me like get goosebumps. Yeah. It was great. So I do. But what I learned from Tina and Amy was like, comedy is a very male-dominated business in general. But they have such a big feminine touch to how they do it. And that was very interesting to me. Like, mm. you know, all the big women performers, like whether it's Taylor Swift, or it's, uh, you know, Adele, like now they are bringing that very female energy to live performances. Right. That gives me a lot of like courage to do my own like twist on it. Nice. So for me that, of course, Tina and Amy are beyond generous, kind and brilliant. But to watch them build this entire show, I mean, people, we I opened for them five shows in Washington, D.C., People had flown in from all over the world with their daughters, with their mothers, with all the husband bought it as a gift for the wife or whatever the story was. Like they made it an event. So people came out from all over to support it and to be a part of it. Wow. And that for me is the next iteration of where I even want to. I'm curious. So when you look at comedians now, you know, do you do you now look at it differently than maybe from 10 years ago? Do you like, oh, okay. 
this is why this works. Because one of the things I see about comedians is like they're always trying to understand, okay, why did that work? And then like deconstruct. And also it. culture, like current culture yeah. what's working. Um, and, and so do you look at that now and do you like do you try and like figure out like why is that working? And I I'm curious how the comedians were like, I want to do that from what they do. Yeah, absolutely. My brain is always assessing, like, who's making more money? <laughs> How are they doing it? Listen, we're not going to take the Indian out of me ever. Right, right. right. But, but what I've learned is that what I marvel at and what I think works for the top people, actually the top players in any game, I believe, yeah, is that the closer you are to who you really are and the close, the more courage you have to put yourself out there, the more likely you are to have a top spot in any industry and certainly in comedy. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. Because people are so smart. The people can pick up. If I if I was sitting here not being authentic right now, mm -hmm. through these wires and these screens and all of it, I guarantee you your audience would pick up on it. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I think I can't endorse it highly enough because I think we, you know, like a few years ago before we started this, I used to feel like, okay, we are this kind of tech executive, we need to be serious and we need to kind of like project like this certain persona and everything that's worked, you know, when we've done this podcast uh, is when we've just been ourselves. Just right? being honest right. and yeah. I think it's also helpful to have the two of us do it because then, yeah. you know, they, we can bounce off of each other and have that like validation as well. And it's also become really important for us to just be ourselves. Like it, I know that's like getting thrown out as like a cliche, but not have to like try and pretend to be a thing or a, a person or like oh this person's really good on youtube this person's really good on podcast but we can just continue to just do what's authentic to us mm -hmm. and that's been really good for us oh yeah and and you're absolutely right. people can pick up on it right when i'm trying to be somebody that i'm not i can sense and people can sense it and when i'm just being myself uh it, it I, I bet you are very much yourself which so, i absolutely not, like i guess question for you is like you know when when i first saw you you were on blowing up on tiktok blowing up on ig from there, you know, I saw you do like the one in a billion. That was fantastic. Great, great title, by the way. It's like it, it just captures so much. It's I don't know who came up with it. It was just fantastic. And then, you know, then we saw you in like New York Times and all the press pieces, morning shows, that kind of thing. Now you're doing a podcast. Why did why podcast? Because that is a slightly different journey than like yeah. everything else from stand up comedy side of things. I get a lot of offers to do reality TV. And good offers. And I actually watch a lot of reality TV, so I don't have anything against it. Like, a lot of people think it's not, oh, it's not scripted. Reality is a whole thing, and it's a big business. Yeah. And I have considered it in the past. Okay. But the problem is that for me to put my husband and my kids who have real lives, like, yeah. we're not trying to be a reality TV family. Yeah. My husband has a business he built over 12. My kids are, like, very serious students. So... I was never comfortable giving somebody the right to edit and control the content that right. we put out because that's what happens in that space. Yeah. Right. Whatever you do, they're going to edit it, twist it. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. That's how that world works. Yeah. But my audience loves my family in its most real format. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what can I do that brings more of us to my audience mm -hmm. and we really learn i mean I, I i can't even believe i'm saying this because i'm such a capitalist at heart that it hurts me to say this <laughs> i really believe we are doing a service for so many people mm. and like i was like how can i make this this first episode right indian family talks about sex 
I am inundated with letters, comments from people who are like, we've never talked about sex in our family. Mm-hmm. But for the first time, I sat with my son or I sat with my daughter and we watched it together and it opened up a conversation. Nice. So part of it was like, how can we serve our audience better, my audience better? And of course, I'm always willing to put my kids at work. <laughs> They've been working since they were very little. And... And still control editorially the entire process. Right, right. And that's when podcasts, beca- I was like, you know what? If we do it as a video podcast and I own the, I have so many offers for podcasts also, but I, this one, it's bare bones. It's not fancy. Mm-hmm. It's completely unscripted. If you see us, you see us getting awkward. Like yeah. we are like, we are not sure what our kids are going to say. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes, yes. That, uh, that I think is the best part. Like when Zoya comes and says, but mom, like you never told me anything. And you're like, they panty you and they panty your sons. Your sons like have this perfect look of looking everywhere but at you guys. Like my favorite like- my favorite part, uh, and this it's not a spoiler, but I think it's a teaser for a podcast. Is one moment, uh, you realize that uh, some other parent has A, told your daughter in sixth grade, one, how sex works. B, yes. that Santa Claus does not exist. Oh, yeah. And I see, yes. I, I, yes, like, who is that person? I want that person. Your husband gets really mad. He's like, who is this? Yeah. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Is, are they Indian? Like, who yeah. is this person? Okay, offline. I need to, like, know the details. Uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 your kids are saints because I can totally imagine them being like, Mom, you're just embarrassing us so much. Our friends are going to watch this, but I just like, yeah, right, just going to get. Oh, they watch. I mean, forget the embarrassment. I get in real trouble. Like your kids are just about entering that age. I'll tell you a scam that's coming your way. Reading logs. Okay. This is a thing in American schools. The kid has to read 20 pages a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they have to make a log every day. And the parent has to sign it every day that the kid did the reading. Okay. Now it starts off with good intentions and then it falls off a cliff very quickly. <laughs> so I have multiple videos out talking about how the whole thing is fake. Every mother I know is signing pieces of paper that we have no idea if the kid read or not. There's no way to keep up with it. There's no possible way. And then my kids' teachers all follow. <laughs> So they find out and then the kids get called in yeah. class and like forget the parents and the friends and the embarrassment. I get in so much. I mean, I have been very vocal about Stanford University where my daughter is, mm-hmm. you know, and how like they're trying to turn her into a humanities kid. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to fight the wokeness. You got to fight the wokeness. You got to <laughs> fight. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, constantly keep. And I'm open. I share everything that's happening in my life in real time with my audience because that's what has built what I have right now. Do you get letters from the university? Oh, I have spoken to them many times. <laughs> and, you know, and they're very much like, they're like, you know, the child should decide what makes them happy. I'm like, no, that is exactly no. <laughs> no one needs to be happy. Let's start there. Let us all decide how she will get paid to recover this $85,000 tuition that I'm writing a check for right now. This, this, has, to be opening, this has to be opening up the episode right there. Do you know what I mean? I am not worried about her happiness. I am worried about my 401k. Uh, This is the first ever time we are like losing it. Stanford is not going to be happy with this clip. Oh my goodness. goodness. This Uh, is fantastic. I know exactly what you mean though. I think also people change their minds about how, how all of this works once they have kids. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Even my daughter, she's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, listen, you know why you're there? 
you know why you're in the Bay Area? Why you're in Sanford? Because you learn every computer secret. If you go to the bathroom, the toilet paper should have secrets on it. <laughs> that is why we sent you there. If you were going to write and be a writer, you stay here at home and be a writer. You don't need to spend that kind of money. And, but she is like, you know, she's a kid. She's 20. And, and she's surrounded by Bay Area. My God, please God help me with the I see one more Patagonia vest. <laughs> and a deep plunge pool and cold plunge and hot plunge and a Tesla. Never. What monkey tell me how amazing Tesla is? I'm like, you know what's more environmentally friendly than Tesla? The New York City subway. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and that Tesla is like, literally, it's like a Fisher Price car with a bigger battery and an iPad. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, uh, I can't compete with this. Yeah. Maybe the Elon meeting isn't happening. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's happening. <laughs> We live in San Francisco. I have a cold plunge like 10 feet from where we sit right now. Are so, you serious? Uh, you one of those people uh, who has a cold plunge? No, I, I, ask, I, I think it's a, okay, it's like this, okay? We, it is an aspirational thing. I aspire to be the kind true. of person who does cold plunges, right? Which is more important than actually doing the cold plunge, right? It's, it's, like, a, it's like a branding thing. Yes, apparently <laughs> it is. Because even my daughter is like, mom, it's so good. Everything, you say anything to this kid now because she lives there? The answer is kombucha. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What? You just got a flat tire. How is your kombucha helping you? I understand. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and she comes to New York now. This kid was born on Manhattan Island. Okay. <laughs> she comes to New York to say, oh, I just, there's no sun. There's no sun. Oh, my God. I need to go to that. I like, I, I, everything, anything goes wrong, I blame Stanford for everything. Oh, that's. <laughs> I think in like a few years when our kids at like are similar age, I have to come yeah. to Anna oh, yeah. for advice. So I, 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 I want to pick on this because I think, okay, do you think teenagers watching this, you know, or think schools, do you think they should avoid the humanities and do science, math, engineering, doctor, all the hardcore stuff? What's your advice? Okay, to be completely serious, I say do whatever you like. You should like what you do. You don't have to be madly in love with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you look for that love level passion, then everybody should just watch movies for a living. Yes. <laughs> right? So you should like what you do, but you must be fluent in computer languages. You must. Because, mm -hmm. you know, people get all freaked out. AI is taking our job. AI is taking... I tell them, it's not AI. It's people who understand AI mm -hmm. who are going to take your job. Right. But you will still need human beings to run the thing. Yeah. And but if you don't learn it, you will not be that person. <laughs> I'm telling you, no AI is taking your job. Right? Like this, nobody's doing that for sure. No, Sriram, let me tell you something. No AI is taking any mother's job. Even <laughs> AI is like, no, this is too hard. We don't want this. Thank you. Keep it back to the women. They're like, okay. what? What do I have to do every day? No, no, yes. thank you. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay I'm, I'm going to ask you these of like advice questions for people listening to this oh again. Oh my God. Uh, I yes. should not be giving people advice. Uh, you're okay. the best person. Um, all right. Uh, dating advice for young people. Because you, oh. you have a lot of thoughts on this. This is easy. Okay. This is very easy. This is an easy one because I also do a dating matchmaking portion in my show. Yeah. In fact, my live podcast, I'm touring with my family. I'm going to shamelessly plug in because it's really Please, good. please. Yes. The first topic is dating and who to what to look for a life partner. Okay. In the live podcast, five of us are going to talk about it. We're going to invite everybody. But it's basically very easy. Mm. Whatever your mother says, that just please put your brain at rest. 
my son is like mom i'm thinking i'm like no, no don't <laughs> don't do any thinking let me do the thinking i'm telling you look for this and once you find it that your search has ended because they they have overcomplicated the shit out of this in america overcomplicate i mean my kids and i we watch a show the bachelor you know that yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that show has changed everybody's idea of what relationships is mm-hmm. like if you don't quickly i'll tell you people about that show one minute recap okay yes. bachelor is all these beautiful women right in very pretty gowns and then they all chasing after this one guy the bachelor yeah. yeah and this guy is a regular guy he's not a doctor or anything he's not a doctor <laughs> Shreyam has watched episode a couple of episodes. I haven't watched it, so this is very helpful. Yes. What are they oh, doing? No, no. Yeah. They are all chasing after this guy. In the whole show, this guy is making out and having sex with each of these women, <laughs> and because of this, the kids think that life is somehow like this. You keep experimenting on and off into 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 eternity. That somebody better is always around the corner. It's right. too much. Right. Right. I really strongly feel that America needs a rain badge. Let the parents do it. They did it right. Right. Yeah. I, you know what I mean. Uh, I think like my my daughter now is dating a white boy, and I was like, okay, you know, it's fine. It's a phase. Everybody goes through it. <laughs> oh gosh, you have some fantastic advice of you know people putting themselves out on social media, right? Yeah. Like so. Yes. um especially people who don't think they are the kind of person who should be out and because you've done it so i mean and, and i'm sure you also get a certain amount of hate you talk about this oh, too on your ig and everything lots. so what do you tell people for should they put themselves out there should they have a thick skin about it like what do you do so i will tell you practically how i do it okay i use social media for my business okay personally i have no interest in anybody's vacation or dinner party or whatever it is that people like to post it's it's right. just not interesting to me it's not why i'm here but if you want to build a business of any kind you cannot do it without being involved in social media it's just not possible right the scale and the the speed with which you can reach an audience here is unparalleled mm-hmm. right so i tell people be extremely disciplined about it just mm-hmm. put all your friends on mute mm-hmm. <laughs> the things that are trigger yeah, really they're like whatever your friends you meet them once once in a while listen to their real life story when you meet them you don't need to see in real time every moment of their life right but use social media as a as a actual business platform like my account is there to service my audience mm. it is not there for me to brag about anything it is not there for me to Everything I post is done with the intention that it will offer some value to my audience, mm-hmm. either entertainment or education or something. They have to get some value from it. So I think that and people who think they are not this type and that type, come on now. Facebook is fifteen years old. Like, yep. we've moved on. Yep. If you have not moved on, this is on you now. Hmm. We are not. I mean, Hollywood and Bollywood both cannot keep up with social media. Cannot. Mm-hmm. That, like when people buy tickets to watch a movie or have a Netflix subscription, everybody is scrolling at the same time. They cannot even keep their attention with their hundred million dollar budgets. Right. That's, That's yeah, the true. opportunity we have as normal people to create something and get in front of people's faces. Right. And you're going to judge that? Are you crazy? Social media has been the biggest gift to women, especially mothers. Right. Oh wait, interesting. Why? Why do you think that? Why is that? Why mothers? Because there's so many businesses you can now do from your kitchen. Yeah, you yeah. could not do this ten yeah. years ago. This was not an option. 
But today I tell so many housewives come to me for advice. I tell them everything can be monetized. Right. Everything. You like to organize closets? Show the world what you do and and make a business around that. Right. But, yeah. You want to be a vegan cook? Like right now if I told you that there's an outstanding vegan cook in your town, here is their social media media account. Would you not be curious to at least see? Right. Yeah. That's right. And maybe curious, let me at least try it. She doesn't need a restaurant. She doesn't need to go anywhere. She could just do it right there. Yeah, uh, that's true. By the way, the the closet thing. That's I mean, that's obviously the yes, people become celebrities purely from yes, organizations. Bring um, out crap that they don't uh, need. Okay, so I want to kind of you know bring this home a little bit. So you you know you have huge social media following. You have a comedy special. You're touring with you know all the A-listers. You're an A-lister yourself. You have a podcast. What is the future hold for uh, Zarnagar? Complete world domination of the Indian auntie. I love it. <laughs> I will not stop at anything else. I want a mega, mega South Asian comedy brand that represents our culture, that celebrates our culture. Yeah. See, a lot of times we, as Indian people, we we feel a little embarrassed about the quirkies that we do. Like in my show, I have a bit about how Indian people don't really buy Tupperware. We reuse a Danon yogurt container. Oh God, it's very. Yes, I, I, I don't know. Yes, I mean, when, when my in-laws visit, you know. Uh, it's a thing. It's, it's a thing. thing. Yeah. And it really pisses off Sri Ram because he will like toss out all the yogurt boxes and my parents will be like, they're perfectly fine. They're fine. like good plastic boxes. And I, and I would go like, this is why I left India, right? Like, because yes. we can you get new yogurt boxes and don't or have to reuse the old ones. he won't switch off the lights of a room that he's left and it would like really annoy my parents. They're like, but you're not in that room anymore. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's like, this is not India. We are fine. We can keep that light on for a bit. And my dad would be like, why? Why would you do that? And it's, it's <laughs> oh, and 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 uh, mostly uh, bags, right? Like they they love the reusable plastic bags. We oh. would set it aside, and then Shriram would be like, you can always get another bag. And then my dad's like, what? Yes, there's there's been like some very uh, huge arguments. Okay, I, I I like the world domination. Okay, so all right. I mean, I know you you're probably saying it as like a semi-joke but I love it it's great no it's no, just... I, I'm, no I'm very serious yes. I'm, build, I'm building it as we speak yeah. I mean I work seven days a week I love what I do and yeah. uh, I see a lot of opportunity to be honest because no one else is doing what I do I agree it's full work I, I, even the big South Asian uh, even the big Indian comics like Russell Peters all these enormous comics they don't make mother-in-law jokes they never talk about their in-laws yeah <laughs> So it's like a world that I have brought into the free that no one has ever touched. So I, I'm very, very relentless about it. I have tons of projects in the work and I treat it like a tech business. Right. Oh, okay. I treat right. it like a proper business. Like there are different roles designated there. You know, I spend more time on marketing than any comic I know, honestly. And I like it. I actually learned how to do it and I love doing it. Well, explain that a little bit. What does marketing mean to you? And, you know, if there's maybe an aspiring comic watching this, listening to this, like, you know, give give us some breakdown of this. A typical comic is obsessed about selling tickets, mm -hmm. live show tickets. And I get that. That is our bread and butter. We go here, we go there, we sell tickets. I am more interested in super fandom and in establishing a, re a lifelong relationship. So the f ticket sales to me is a first point of contact. Mm. But I want to know about you. If you go on my social media, almost every comment gets a response. Because I have a whole team that is monitoring constantly. 
this is an investment I made before I made a single dollar in comedy. I was like, if somebody is taking time to to watch my work and appreciate it and share it, we want to be connected with that person. We want that lifeline to be strong and powerful so that when when I create more projects, I know, first of all, what to do because they're giving me real-time feedback. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, like, I built my whole marketing in that vein. That's why I have the following that I have. It's all meant to serve the same audience. That if you like me on Instagram, you will see me live, you will see my podcast live, you will subscribe. But everything is a layered action and one leads to another one smoothly and that's part of the process. Yeah. It's the that- same way that that company, that Gillette was like, we will sell you the razor, but then mm-hmm. we will also sell you the blade. And it's the same concept. It's just that because I am obsessed with businesses and business building, I designed it from the outset to be a certain way. That is amazing. I mean, like in our world, uh, there's this guy, uh, Kevin Kelly, and he has this thing about like, th- you need to find thousand true fans. And if you find thousand true fans before anything else, you have something amazing. And, you know, your your But also, I really like, one, you know, I wish not just like stand-up comedians or people on social media listen to this part of yours. This is like a really good piece of advice, but also like founders, startup founders. You know, you're not just talking about acquiring a user or acquiring a customer. You're looking at it as like, a lifetime value and how do you retain them forever like you want them to be interested in everything else that you do and you want to own that relationship for a long time and not just do this one-off stand-up comedy show you paid for the ticket and you're done like that like like you said it's like a first touch point it's an entry point into the the Zarnagarg universe basically mm-hmm. I am incredibly certain that you're going to dominate the world not just of Indian aunties but maybe you know a lot more than an Indian auntie so okay Bring us home, right? Like, so for people who are watching this and, you know, I want, you know, more mother-in-law jokes and I want more Zarna, plug plug your stuff. Where do they find you online? Where do they they find you in person? What do they do? I am at Zarna Garg on every major platform, including OnlyFans. I'm not above it. (laughs) I've all got with OnlyFans. <laughs> no, they're comedians or only fans, Shreeda. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. They are. Okay. Yes. They are. And it's big business. They monetize right there. But I'm on every social media platform at Zana Garg. Mm-hmm. And my podcast, which is my family podcast, all five of us, is on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. We have we drop episodes on the first and fifteenth of every month. Mm-hmm. Episode one is Indian Family Talks About Sex, which is the only episode that's out, but we're already getting booked nationwide to do live podcast shows and episode two is immigrant parents versus american kids and it is it's another you know then my daughter is like well we want to be happy and you're gonna hear where that all goes (laughs) Um, but i welcome everybody into the zana universe for free i do hours and hours of content every week on every major platform and people are invited with a lot of love to participate to write back it's social media. We're supposed to be social. Well, I nice. Wow. Zana, you're hilarious, amazing, funny. Uh, you're, you're going to dominate. You're, you're a force. Amazing. You're going to dominate the world. Actually, can I ask you guys for a favor? Because yes. you have so many powerful friends. The one thing that I could, your podcast could help me with, if somebody knows how to put somebody on a no-fly list, please, I'm trying to get my mother-in-law on it. That is the biggest thing that is a stress in my life is that who can help me get there? If anybody listening in your world knows, yeah. can you connect us, please? <laughs> yes, if there's somebody from a three-letter government agency watching this, right, and who maybe is Indian and hates her mother-in-law, you know what to do. Okay, on that note, <laughs> right, like, you know, uh, we, but Zana, 
It's a blast. Amazing. I know everyone's going to get a lot of it. Thank you so much this for doing so this. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, so Thank you for doing it, guys. Thank you for inviting <laughs> me. And I can't wait to cross paths with you wherever. Here, there, London. We have to come to your show. We have to come to your show. We have to. Yeah, maybe I'll do a collab. All right. Thank you so much, Zanda. All right.